Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Well, I'm really glad that he's heard from us this morning. I'm really glad that we've been able to lift our voice. He's heard from us. Uh, and now it's time for us to hear from him. Uh, and we're in Acts chapter 4, if you'll turn there. Acts chapter number 4. And we're looking at the great church, uh, the exemplary church, that model church, that prototype of a church, uh, the church at Jerusalem, the church in Acts. Uh, you almost go to the law of first mention, and this is the, the law of first mention about what a church should be like. And by the way, uh, I don't call it a great church because I think it's a great church. Uh, I call it a great church because God says it's a great church about seven times uh, in our passage. And so let's look at chapter 4, look at verse number 31. And when they had prayed, now keep in mind, they had hands laid on them. Uh, they imprisoned them. They threatened them. And now, uh, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They spake the word of God with boldness. Keep in mind, uh, they were threatened not to speak in his name. Uh, they were threatened, shut it down, uh, be silent about it. Uh, but they spake the word of God with boldness and... The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Not only were they living on mission, they were living on mission. They were committed, committed to community. The friendships, the relationships, that, that church community. Look at verse 33. And with great power, say that, with Great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and say it, great grace was upon them all. Uh, you're going to see seven times in our passage God saying, uh, great, great, boy, it's great. It's a great church because God says it's great. Now, uh, also, we're going to start at the bottom of your outline in chapter 6, if you'll flip there quickly, uh, and we're going to kind of reverse engineer why God says uh, it's a great church. And so uh, in Acts chapter 6, verse number 7, uh, not first off, but last off, uh, point number 8, write it down at the bottom. Uh, this great church had a great growth. Write that down uh, at the bottom. It had a great growth. Look at verse 7. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Keep in mind a couple things about this great growth. One, the word of God increased first. Uh, and then the disciples, there was maturation uh, by the Christians that were there. And then, and then, uh, it's not just growth for growth's sake. Uh, it's not just growth at any cost. Uh, the word of God increased first. Discipleship, the maturation happened second. Uh, and then the numerical growth happened uh, lastly, and so a few caveats about this, they're, they're growing, they're, they're increasing, they're, they're, they're multiplying, but, but uh, it was the Word of God that increased first, and also understand numerical growth is never the goal. It's never the goal. It's a byproduct of being the right kind of a church. It's a byproduct of trying to be a church like this church as far as uh, the Word of God increasing and, uh, and the discipleship happening. And, uh, and then the byproduct, kind of God's part. God's part uh, is He promised to grow His church. Uh, and, and one other thing, 
I'm always a little surprised by the number of people that want to be a part of a small, non-growing church. One that, that aren't following the Word of God. Ones that don't have the ingredients of, of the things that are important to God. And the ones that have never, never experienced the growth that God has for them. And so it's a great church. And this great church, ultimately, lastly, has a great growth spiritually, a great growth, a great growth numerically. But before that, put down number seven, quickly, quickly. Uh, ultimately, they have a great growth, but before that, they have a great reverence. A great reverence. Now, we haven't looked at it yet, but we will uh, next week. Ananias and Sapphira, who uh, stole from God. And it's not the tithe. They gave, they gave the tithe, but the offering that they committed to God, committed to God, uh, they, they were trying to present themselves better than what they were. Uh, and then when God dealt with them, all of the church was filled with awe for God, a reverence for God, a, a holy respect for God. Look at it, chapter 5. We're going backwards through the Word of God, okay? And so, uh, chapter 6, we see they have a great growth, but before that, in chapter 5, we see first they have a great reverence. Look at chapter 5. Look at verse number 5. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and say it, and great fear, say it, and great fear, a, a great awe, a, a great respect, a, a great reverence. It's the same thought in Isaiah 6 when uh, the angels are flying around the throne saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Uh, and so that great reverence came before. Uh, I think at times we get so flippant about God, so uh, nonchalant about God, so kind of a ho-hum and complacent, casual about the things of God. And my Bible says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe at him. And it's not just a couple people that had great fear. Look at verse number 14. 14 uh, in the same passage, chapter 5, verse number 14. Uh, and believers, uh, verse, uh, verse, verse number 11, I'm sorry. Uh, great fear came upon, and great fear came upon all the church uh, and upon as many as heard these things. But that reverence, that respect, that awe, that, that worship of who God is. When we get serious about our blessed God, God then gets serious about blessing us. The great reverence was before the great growth. That great respect, that great reverence, that great worship that was before uh, that great growth. And uh, great fear, great awe, great reverence came upon them all. Uh, it was that great reverence that led to uh, that great growth. And again, look at verse 14, that, that growth. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and of women. And so... Uh, this great church in chapter 6 had a great growth. Uh, but before that, uh, this great church had a great reverence. That's chapter number 5. But before that, notice number 6. It's getting a little confusing. Is anyone following? Uh, and uh, from 8, we go to 7, and now uh, 6. This great church had a great power. A great power. We're, we're reverse engineering it, okay? God says... Uh, it's a great church. God says uh, it has a great growth. God says uh, there's a great company coming to the faith. But before that, they had a great reverence. That's seven. And then uh, before that, they had a great power. Uh, that's number six. Look at it in chapter four. Look at verse number 33. 
and with great power. I'm getting a feeling that God wants us to realize it's a great church. He says it over and over and over and over again. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Not just witnessing, but witnessing with a great power. Not just sharing Christ, but sharing Christ with a great power. Not just teaching, but teaching with, with, with a great power. And so uh, that great power brought a great reverence, and that brought a great growth. Uh, is anyone following the flow? We're, we're doing it uh, in reverse to try to get to the nuts and bolts of what caused it to be that. Uh, and along with number six, put down number five, this great church also had a great grace. A great grace. Look at it in chapter 4, verse number 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and say it, and great grace, say it, and, and great grace, say it, and, and great grace was upon them all. You see, this was a great church. Not because I say it. Uh, or because you think it, it's a great church because God over and over and over declared it, but... But don't mix up why it's great. Uh, it had a great growth that uh, in chapter 6, verse 7, the disciples multiplied greatly and a, a great company were obedient to the faith. But before that, chapter 5, they had a great reverence. A great fear came upon all the church. But, but before that, uh, they had a great power and a great grace. And, and with great power and great grace was upon them all, God's trying to tell us there's some ingredients that made it a great church. Uh, there's reasons that if we focus on, if we make sure we have those, then, then yes, praise the Lord, uh, God will add to his church. God gives the increase. Uh, he said, uh, upon this rock, I will build my church. But it's not us focusing on numerical growth. Uh, it's us focusing on being the kind of church that God wants uh, us to be. And so uh, five great graces, what led to great power, which is what led to uh, great reverence, which is what led to a great growth. Uh, and these last four are more of a byproduct. More of a byproduct. And don't misunderstand. Uh, it's God's grace that gives us any of the eight. It's God's grace. Boy, it's God's church. He's doing a great job with it. But, but uh, it seems like the last four are God's part. Uh, and to an extent, the first four are our part. Uh, almost as if the first four are the cause and the last four are the effect. And so uh, I want to look at what causes this great church to have that great growth. What causes that? Uh, I, I want to make sure that, 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 that we're doing our part. And again, God's grace, I, I understand all of that. But, but uh, God gives us the ingredients on why it was a great church that had a great growth, great reverence, great power, great grace, God's part. How about our part? Uh, I want to give you the first four, starting with number one. Is anybody with me still? Is anybody still with me? Uh, okay, let's look at the keys to why it was a great church. Put down point number one, our part. Uh, the great church, this great church had a great praise. It had a great praise. Uh, by the way, that's what we did for the first 20 minutes of the service. There was a great praise. Uh, and isn't that what we're created for? We're created for the praise of His glory. Uh, look at it in verse number 24. We uh, are going from chapter 6 to chapter 5 to chapter 4, uh, looking at the nuts and bolts of why it was a great church, 24. And, and when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God. I love the fact that they're not singing to each other, they're singing to the Lord. They lifted up their voice, not just 
singing. They weren't just singing, lifting up their voice. Hey, they were worshiping. They were lifting up their voice to God. Look at it. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God. With one accord, all of them were, and said, here it is, Lord, thou art God. Say it. Lord, thou art God. You're our complete and absolute authority. You're our complete and absolute ruler. He goes on. But Lord, thou art God, which hast made. You're not only our Lord, you're our creator. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. You made them. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. By the way, when you realize he's the absolute complete authority, he's Lord, he's creator God, he's the one that created us, boy, that's why all of those songs that talk about I'm going to surrender all, boy, it's your life, I'm giving it all to you, because he's the Lord, because he's our creator, he's the one that made uh, us. And when we understand that during the hard times, uh, they were being attacked. The hard times, uh, they were being threatened. Uh, when we understand that, uh, we won't panic as a church. We'll praise as a church. We won't worry. We won't worry. No, he's Lord. He's creator. Uh, we won't worry. We will absolutely worship. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. First Chronicles 16. Again, Psalm 48. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Again, Psalm 96. For the Lord is great, greatly to be praised. He's to be feared above all gods. Again, uh, Psalm 145. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. We could praise for all of eternity and worship for all of eternity uh, and still wouldn't touch the hem of his garment. In, in fact, when we fully understand what we did deserve, when we fully understand the great love that he had for us, when we fully understand how great that salvation is, we will worship for all of eternity, lifting up our song, lifting up our heart, and giving him praise. And so I think all of us want to be that kind of a great church. I think that that's what we want to be that has a great growth, but before that has a, a great reverence, but before that has a, a great uh, a power, but before that has a, a great grace. Uh, but, but before that, uh, we need to be a church that has a great praise where we're uh, singing and worshiping uh, and loving on the Lord. Uh, there needs to be one place in Baltimore where there's only one person that gets the praise. Uh, where it's not about the pastor or about a personality. It's not about the organization. It's not about, wow, they're just a neat place. No, one place in Baltimore needs to be fully focused on the only one who deserves all the praise. Boy, that's when it'll be a great praise, lifting our hearts and, and worshiping and singing and adoring. Jack Hudson said this. He said, make much of Jesus, and Jesus will make much of you. Uh, I, I'd like to put it this way. Uh, make much of Jesus period, end of sentence. <laughs> Whether he makes much of you or not, doesn't matter. Hey, we're to make much of him. Whether we're promoted, demoted, does not matter. Hey, we're to make much of him. And so uh, this great church had a great praise. Put down number two quickly. This great church, what's our part? This great church also had great prayers. 
Great prayers, write it down. Uh, and it was a great prayer because of what they prayed for. Uh, look at verse number 29. 29. Now remember, they're being threatened. They're uh, being verbally assaulted. They're, they're, they were imprisoned. Now, uh, 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. They're praying. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants safety and comfort and a pay raise and a bigger house and a better job and a new... No, wait a second. That's not what yours says, is it? That's not what mine says. Look at it. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants not what we want, not what blesses us, not what makes our life more comfortable. Look at it, verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Well, their prayer was to reach more people for Christ. Their prayer was to get the gospel out in a greater way. Their prayer, and I'm telling you, they're being threatened, they're being imprisoned, they're, they're being attacked, and their prayer wasn't, God, would you make it stop? Their prayer was, God, help us to do more for your kingdom, to reach people more with the gospel for the glory of God. That's our prayer. That's our heart's desire, to send out more missionaries, bring in more people, and to see more people saved. That's our prayer, look at it in 31. Uh, they prayed that they might have more boldness, that they may speak the word of God more boldly, 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, uh, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Say that, they spake the word of God with boldness. Uh, I think if you would take their prayer list and put it next to our prayer list, I, I think we would realize they're praying for a whole lot different uh, an agenda, their goal, their, their ministry, their heart, their, their passion to reach, to bless, to, 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 to teach the Word of God. Hey, they weren't praying selfish prayers. They were praying that they might reach more people for the glory of God. Uh, 33, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I, I do think with the quietness of the moment, uh, we need to ask the question, uh, when's the last time you prayed for God to use you to lead someone to Christ rather than for God to use you to, to find another job? To bring someone to church rather than to get a pay raise? To, to see someone saved uh, rather than to be more comfortable and uh, have a bigger bank account and uh, have a newer house. Hey, when was the last time you prayed for others to be saved and, and others to, to be reached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Lord, behold their threatenings and grant us an easier path. Nope. Uh, grant us a prosperous path. Nope. Uh, grant us smooth sailing. No, no, grant us that we may reach more people for the glory of God. 29, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By the way, was it just a couple of them that were praying this? Uh, was it just a couple of them that had this kind of heart? Uh, put down uh, number three. Not only did they have a great praise, that's our part, Great prayers because of what they prayed for. That's our part. They also, number three, had a great unity. A, a great unity. In verse number 24, our text, they lifted up their voice to God with one 
accord. All of them were doing that. Uh, all of them were praising. Uh, all of them were praying that. 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Boy, that passion they had. Uh, that, that love for the Lord they had. It wasn't one or two people uh, over here or a couple of people uh, over there or, or just uh, a sprinkling throughout that congregation. No, uh, all of them, one heart, one soul, uh, with one mind. Uh, they had a, a, a co-laboring together for the glory of God. Uh, every one of them wanted to reach more people, no matter the sacrifice. Uh, every one of them wanted to get the gospel out, uh, no matter the cost. It, it was a great praise, a great prayer, uh, and there was a great unity. By the way, uh, isn't that the kind of heart that the Apostle Paul had? Remember the Apostle Paul who was beaten and bruised? He was imprisoned, he was threatened, stoned, taken up for dead, drug out of a city, shipwrecked in perils of water, perils of the heathen, uh, constantly attacked. Five times received by 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, taken up for dead. Boy, that's the Apostle Paul. I, I wonder what his prayer's like. Romans 10, verse number 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. His prayer wasn't, make it stop. His prayer wasn't, turn it around. His prayer wasn't, I need to be more comfortable. His prayer wasn't about self. His prayer was about reaching people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now understand, Paul did have one self-serving prayer but it was about a major medical condition. Anybody remember that, that thorn in the flesh? That messenger of Satan that buffeted his body? Uh, does anybody remember how many times he prayed that God would remove it from his body? Anybody remember the number of times? Anybody at all looking up here can count my... Are they two? Anyway, uh, and so three times he prayed that God would remove it. God, would you take that thorn out of my flesh? Okay. God, would you remove that thorn out of my flesh? God, would you take care of that, that medical condition that I'm, I'm struggling with? Would you take care of that? Uh, okay, it must not be God's will. But my heart's desire, my prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. You say, Pastor, aren't you overstating it? Not if you look at Romans 9. Look at Romans 9. I have a great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, great heaviness, continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were cast into hell, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, uh, if it would get my brothers, my physical Israelites, those of my nation say, hey, I'd be willing to be cast into hell, he said. Boy, it, it seems like our prayer lists are so different than theirs. Uh, new job, pay raise, uh, uh, comfort, bigger house, nicer car, and uh, this, and this, and me, and myself, and me, and, and, and us, and me. Boy, in their prayer, and not just Paul's, the whole church, uh, one heart, one soul, all together, their prayer was to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice. Which brings us to point number four, write it down. Did anyone follow this at all? We're jumping around everywhere. I mean, uh, if you're still with me now, it's a miracle. I mean, just that. But, but it's a great church that had a great growth because it had a great reverence, because it had great power, because it had great grace. That's God's part. Uh, and, and by the grace of God, our part, 
a great church is going to have great praise and great prayers and great unity. And lastly, number four, write it down, that great church had a great giving. A great giving, no matter the cost, no matter the sacrifice, a great giving. Look at verse number 34, still in chapter 4. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the price of them and brought the price of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. Keep in mind, they gave to God through the church. They're giving to God through the church. You say, Pastor, what's that mean then? The apostles' feet. Uh, it's talking about the church because we're built up on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And so it's talking about the church. Uh, and they're giving to God through the church, and distribution was made unto every man according his, as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which uh, being interpreted as the son of consolation, a Levite uh, out of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, uh, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Wouldn't anybody agree these guys were pretty serious about, about getting the gospel out to others, about ministering? Uh, uh, about uh, serving and impacting their community. Curtis Hudson put it this way. He said, you don't build a great church with spare time and pocket change. You can't build a great church. That's what we're talking about. It's a great church, great growth, great reverence. You can't build a great church with spare time. Well, if I have enough time, I'll go to church. And it's been a little busy this week. I don't know that I can uh, be a part of the ministry. And I, I get involved, but, but my schedule is just so maxed out. Uh, you can't build a great church on spare time and pocket change. Now that I've paid all the bills and paid those bills and then uh, did this and then bought that and then bought this and then bought that. Oh, oh yeah, okay, I got a little bit left. I'll, I'll tip God. I'll tip God at the end. You can't build great churches with spare time and pocket change. There was, I love the story. Uh, about a, a church that was building a new auditorium. The pastor got up and he said, uh, I have good news and I have bad news. He said, the good news is we have plenty of money to build that building. Over and above, plenty. that's the good news. The bad news is it's still in your bank accounts. But anyway, so um, the, you don't have to laugh. That's pastor humor. I get that. But this church that had great praise, that had great prayers, that had great unity, uh, they had a great giving, uh, and they ended up being an incredible church. Great, not because I said it, but because God said it some seven times. It's a great church. Okay, Pastor. Pastor, it seems like you've been preaching to the church. <laughs> what about me individually? It seems like it's, you're preaching uh, about the church corporately, uh, but how do I apply that to my life individually? Okay, let me put it this way. Uh, I've often wondered if every member of the church was exactly like me, what kind of a church would we have? Okay, let me flip it. Uh, if every member of the church were exactly like you, what kind of a church would we have? Would the song service have been silent? Um, would our prayers, would there be any lifted up at all? Would anybody be praying? If every member of the church were exactly like you, exactly like me, uh, would anyone in our area ever get a track? Would, would anyone in our area ever hear about Christ? Would, would anyone in our area ever be invited out to church? If everyone in the church were exactly like me, 
Uh, or if everyone in our church were exactly like you, would the giving be so anemic and sporadic that no missionaries were ever sent out, that no missionaries were ever supported, that no buildings were ever built, that, that no one was ever saved if everyone in the church were exactly like me? Uh, or if everyone in the church were exactly like you? Or flip it. If everyone in the church were exactly like us during the song service would the, would the windows have been rattling? <laughs> I mean that the, the singing would have been echoing. Is, is that what the church would be like? If everyone were like you, if everyone were like me, would there be tracks and invites all around the community, all around our world in the Baltimore area? If everyone were like you, if everyone were like me, would the buildings be big enough to hold those that are coming? If everyone... And the church was exactly like us. Uh, we're talking about a great church, a, a great church, a, a great church. Uh, and I think the thing that I don't want to forget on this great church that, yes, had a great praise and great prayers, great unity and great giving, and they had great grace and great power and great reverence, and there was a great growth. It is a great church. I don't ever want to forget the greatest day of my life was when I became a part of the family of God. And I was added to the church. I was added to the church. But it wasn't until that great day, it was on December 27th, 1984, uh, the Bible talks about in Ephesians, for his great love wherewith he loved us. His great love wherewith he loved us. That's why he made that great sacrifice. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his great love, his great love, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. By his great grace, his great mercy, his great love. I think that's what Hebrews 2 means when it says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great so great a salvation. I remember it like it was yesterday. December 27th, 1984. I think it was about 8.30 at night. I was sitting in the front seat of a yellow Toyota car. I, I, I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. And for me, it was because I had never heard the gospel up to that point. Not one time has anyone, did anyone share with me that we're all in the same boat. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. It wasn't until two days before that uh, that I realized, okay, my good works outweighing my bad works don't get me to heaven. Being a little bit better than someone else doesn't get me to heaven. We've all sinned. Uh, my confirmation, my catechism, uh, my baptism as a baby does not get me to heaven. Uh, and it wasn't until December 25th, Christmas Day, actually, uh, that the gospel was shared to me. And two days later, I, I, I bowed my head and I opened my heart and I said, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know without you, I can't make it to heaven on my own. I'm not good enough. I'm not right enough. I don't do enough religious enough. The best I know how, I trust you. Not the baptistry, not the, the church, not, not some work that I did. The best I know how, I place all of my faith, Jesus and what you did on the cross, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, the gospel, the gospel. The best I know how, I place all of my faith in the gospel. 
Come into my heart. Forgive my sins and save me. If you can't remember that day, and, and I get that Shar grew up in a Christian home and it does blur a little bit, but she, she does know that there was a day when she wasn't born again and then there was a day when she was born again. It's kind of like being born the first time. Uh, on, uh, let's see, November 25th, 19, a long time ago. Uh, 1966, I was born the first time. There was a time and a place. I was born the first time. John 3 talks about that. Uh, and in John 3, he says, except ye be born again, except ye be born again. Uh, and so if you don't have a time and a place where you were born again, where you began your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I love Char's testimony. She'll say, my parents told me that I did that when I was eight or nine years old. Uh, but when, when I was about 14 years old, I, I don't remember. I, don't, I didn't remember that, that time and a place. Uh, and so I went back through it again saying, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know without you, Jesus, I can't make it to heaven on my own. Come into my heart, forgive my sins, and save me. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.